good day, good afternoon, good night. How you doing? This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Today we are going to have a serious conversation. Well, maybe not a serious conversation, but there's going to be a serious talk happening here. Now, of course, I'm only doing the talking, but just stay tuned. What's up, everyone? You are listening to your Probably Right podcast, and this is your host, MCM. Remember, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Um, as I like to say, if there are any similarities between people I speak about on this podcast to people who are actually real life people, it is merrily coincidental <laughs> and I have no intentions of trying to embarrass or calling out or call out anyone who is doing anything but I'm hoping at the same time that you will like this episode I've done a lot of episodes now and we're not really sure what the future is for this podcast but I try to be as emptying as honest as I can possibly be and I'm hoping that with the amount of episodes that I've put out I think we're at we're at 116 and most of the podcasts are between 40 and say an hour and a half um, it's a lot of talking <laughs> and today will be nothing different there'll be a lot of talking if I can get through it all that sound you just heard was a new fresh can of coca-cola coke zero that was good all right i'm gonna try not to drink it too much because i know what happens when i drink it i keep having to <laughs> expel gas out of my out of my stomach and you hear a lot of <laughs> and coughing and stuff. I'm trying not to do that. I want to tick you all off, but I'm happy that you've joined me today. Um, you know, life is funny. Life has its ebbs and flows. Has my has it its peaks and valleys, its mountaintop experience, and sometimes you feel like you're in the depths of the abyss. And for those of you who don't know, it's sometimes it's very horrible, especially when you don't keep a lot of different people around you, or in my case, pretty much anyone outside of immediate family. Um, I think life can be, if you're like that and in that situation, life can get really, really maddening. Um, and I think that's one of the things that maybe will, and I'm just speaking to someone who might be like, you know, I don't even know what it's called, uh, socially challenged or a shut-in or people who call themselves introverts and really, really do not interact with a lot of different people. You'll find that when you do interact or have a, a, a extended long period of interactions with others that you trust enough to do so with, that you probably overshare and I would say the reason why you overshare is because you don't share enough so 
you bend the ear of someone who isn't actually as in tune to what you want to speak about as much as you would like them to be because (laughs) that person probably has normal interactions with people regularly. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the people you have the, you know, shoot the breeze conversations at work or the passerby conversations at church, but I'm talking about people who you actually have, you know, proper regular conversations and I can't really say what normal people do but I I, I can't even say but I I don't think that the I think people bounce off situations and happenings in their lives their lives to others who are close to them and you know you probably get a a good read off of other people's um, ideas as to you know whatever narrative that you happen to you happen to be a part of and um, if you have the real friends, they'll tell you, no, you know, that's crazy or that makes sense. Or why didn't you do that a long time ago? I'm waiting for you to open a business because you're so business oriented. Or why don't you start becoming a chef because you're such so good at cooking or blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? But if you don't have those regular normal uh, interactions, I think you hold yourself back from a lot of things. I think you hold yourself back from a lot of good conversations and at the same time you do hold yourself back from a lot of bad conversations that you might not necessarily want to be a part of the 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 basis though or you know i guess the point of this is is to tell you that you know sometimes you got to shuffle it around a little bit otherwise you get stuck and when you do go through those tough times you know and they will come it's who do you have to talk to? Now, a believer in Christ might say, you know, why I bring my um, my troubles and my trials and my concerns to the Lord. And and yes, this is something that is an advantage of a believer. We have the Lord who is near. He says he is near and he is everywhere and we can tell our troubles to him. The only issue is, is that we don't hear the answers back. Um, the answers that we need are in the scriptures and you know sometimes people tend to be lazy and not want to read it's kind of like people who make judgments about people who are Christians or judgments about God and they haven't opened the book to see what it really says the 66 books of the Bible they just say oh well no God's you know loving and he doesn't um, let this happen and that happen this is evil man and um, he knows nothing like it's They limit him and he is a him (laughs) and he did create the heavens and the earth exactly how he said he did it in the Bible. And sometimes you you spend the, the best part, better part of a lot of conversations with people who don't believe just on the basis of creation and women's rights and all kinds of stuff. That's what I've experienced in my, sorry, my long, short life. And some years feel longer than others. Anyhow, let me just uh, start off with this small little monologue, and then I'm going to get right into some questions, okay? And again, hopefully my reading skills don't cause too much of a disturbance as far as your brain trying to understand what the heck my mouth is saying. 
All right, here we go. <clears throat> In the vast expanse of the human journey, there lies a point sometimes more than just one where the weight of existence feels less like a feather's touch and more like an anchor pulling you deep into the abyss of desolation. How many of us have found ourselves ensnared in the repetitive drudgery of a job year after year seems to return nothing but empty pockets and emptier heart? It's like the universe is playing some cruel joke, our mind might think, even though being a Christian, you know that the universe does nothing of itself because the universe was created by God, the almighty God, the God of the Bible, where the happenings of every morning the alarm rings and you're cast in a role you never auditioned for. You stare at the broken mirror of your life reflected in the rusty frame of the old car and wonder, is this it? Is this all I get? Dreams once vivid now feel like ancient murals, faded, crumbling. Desires hover just out of your reach, like fruit on the highest branch, mocking your inability to grasp them. The ghosts of lost loved ones surround you while those still present seem consumed in their orbit seldom glancing your way and when they do it's like they're looking right through you the world has become a can a cock cacophony sorry <laughs> cacophony <laughs> cacophony of voices each clamoring for attention but it feels as if the genuine listening, that simple act of hearing with the heart has become a lost art for most people. What do we do when the narrative of our lives doesn't align with the script we penned in our hearts? When every chapter seems like an echo of the previous one, you realize that you're closer to the end than you are to the beginning. You're not sure if life is just going to pop and fizzle away like you've seen it in so many other people's lives. Can we reclaim the authorship of our own stories? Are we the author at all? Do we even have any writing credits? Because we sure have responsibility. Or are we forever destined to be characters in someone else's tale?
This is how I feel sometimes. As a matter of fact, this is how I feel right now. You know, becoming an older parent, you know, I've come to value the very existence. Forget about who they are as people or what they look like or whether they're male or female, but the very existence of my children means so much. And then I look at myself and I say, well, what did you put into them really? Like, how much time did you invest in them and their lives and their decisions? And how much do they really want your opinion at this point at their ages? Many questions, many questions, many questions. And so little answers. Anyhow, I'm going to answer some questions. Uh, If you're still there, uh, is this thing on? (laughs) It is, right? All right. So let me get a sip of this bad boy first. (coughs) What a word, cacophony, huh? And I coughed, and it has nothing to do with it. (laughs) Cacophony. Cacophony. (laughs) All right. Here's the first question At what point did you begin to feel the weight of stagnation in your life? Was there a specific event or moment? Oddly enough, as I, you know, you know me, I don't really read these questions before because I just want to give my honest answer for whatever comes to my head at the time. It just seems more natural and I can just flow with the ideas that are floating around in my head. And I remember I was 12 years old. It was my 12th birthday. I'm pretty sure it was a Sunday. I would actually like to test that just, just for jokes. Um... Let me just do a little check here. You can just amuse yourself with the little beats in the background while I try to check out. Let's see. What date? What? No. What day of the week was 12 years after? Sorry. After. Let's see if it gives it to me. Hmm. No, leap years. And wow, there's a lot of answers here. All right. Well, this is answer was wrong. <laughs> oh, 
All right, wait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask it one more time. No, 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 that's the answer. Okay, anyhow, <laughs> it was a Sunday afternoon, and I had heard 12. Nothing was happening in in terms of a party. Um, I'm not sure if I got a present. And I remember walking to the bottom of my street. Had nowhere to go. No one to hang out with at that time. And uh, there was a couple buildings at the bottom of my street. I used to live in a street called Binford Crescent in North York. Barely in North York. Um, almost Scarborough. And there was a hill in front of a building at the bottom of my street on the side that I was on, 50 Pinford Crescent. And I remember lying down on the hill in front of this building and looking up at the sky and feeling bored <laughs> out of my mind. And it's almost like everything stopped for a moment, almost like this is life <laughs> I can't really explain it but I remember that it's like before that it almost feels like you know life was just uh, a regular regular occurrences just happening one after another and um, I, you know it was part of a game and, and I was playing and sometimes it was good sometimes it was bad but stuff was moving but then I had this kind of still moment that I can't really explain to anyone who hasn't had that experience or maybe you've had many experiences maybe that's all your life really is <laughs> I don't know but that day for me was like whoa I feel so undone I feel so alone I felt disconnected but connected the only thing is I was only connected to me it felt like and everything else was just stuff happening around me. So that would be the event and that would be the moment. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> How do you navigate the daily routine when it feels disconnected from your inner self? Honestly, most of the time I don't really really acknowledge it but I feel it the most when I see things that I need to do and I just don't feel like doing them they feel um, almost pointless and um, it's almost like the lament I think it's uh, Proverbs Samson? No, what's his name? Solomon. Mm, let's see. We know that he wrote the songs of Solomon, the Proverbs. Ecclesiastics, they say also. But, um,. It's fine when when you when you read when you read Ecclesiastes and um, it's kind of like here's a point where it says this philosophical book delves into the meaning of the purpose of life, often presenting life as vanity, 
or meaningless in some translations. When lived without the acknowledgement of God. And it's easy as a human to walk around and feel this way when you're not in the word of God constantly and having a good relationship with him in that from that respect of understanding that he is your creator as a Christian he is the father God he is Abba he is the almighty God he is the creator he is Jesus he's the Holy Spirit and every once in a while because you don't I mean I don't always feel this way it's like I just sometimes it just it's like what did I do all of this for and the older I get sadly the more maybe not so sadly but it's it feels sad when you realize that so many people are are so full of it there's so many organizations and institutions that stand behind all of these wordy ideologies and narratives and then you find out that the people who are responsible for dictating how things run in an organization are just cogs or spokes on a wheel and depending on how good they are at fooling people well that that very thing there right there depends on how invested they are at holding on to their little part of the wheel or the gear like it's really really hard to explain but now that I'm here it's hard to explain here's the next question what strategies if any have you used to cope with the feelings of getting nowhere well I don't know if you call it a strategy I guess it's a strategy and my strategy is is listening to the word of God being preached by those who stay on topic and stay with the scriptures and don't interject too much of their own self when explaining scriptures people who do expository preaching rather than narrative or um, point of view or human feelings but just those who give you the unadulterated scripture they just speak the word and they explain the word and they help you apply the word where it might fit in your life and hopefully help you to work out your salvation that you have as a Christian with fear and trembling knowing that you haven't arrived and until you reach heaven's door gate opening entrance you certainly haven't arrived although as a human sometimes you feel you have there's been times where I didn't think I knew everything 
but I thought at some points at my life that I, I knew enough. You know, obviously, stupidly, <laughs> but knowing that you know everything, even though you don't, is quite settling. <laughs> but now, now that I know more than I knew when I thought I knew everything, it's quite unsettling. <laughs> I hope this stuff's not going over your head and I hope you're, you're really like taking this in. Next question. Wait, did I answer that one fully? Um, yeah, I would say scripture based uh, preaching does it for me. And just living in the moment when happiness is afoot, I tend to dance with it. You know? How does <clears throat> the state of material things, like a worn down vehicle, magnify the inner turmoil? Um. <laughs> I guess a worn down busted vehicle might only um, stress out one who worries about that vehicle and doesn't have necessarily the funds to fix a major issue if something were to arise. So maybe that would just be symbolism for life. And I guess some people in life, sometimes you feel like you're just one missed paycheck away or one month's paychecks away from being on the street. You're one bad argument away from being broken up. You're one bad decision away from cheating on your spouse or you're one, you're one movement away from falling off the edge. And that's a very unsettling place to be. In what way do you feel misunderstood or unheard by those around you? I can't really explain it. But you know when you're not being heard. You know, I think when you're speaking to someone and they really are with you and what you're saying, you understand. I mean, some of us understand, at least when somebody's mind has gone away from what you're even saying and they say that they're listening and they're not saying anything, but and they're looking at you. But you can tell that there's nothing that you're saying or explaining to them of maybe a trouble, trouble or an issue that you're going through that's really clicking with them. Because everybody has their stuff that they're dealing with. Everybody has their things that they have to do. Everybody has their troubles, their struggles, their trials, their tribulations, their triumph triumphs that they're focused on, their targets, their peace or lack of. 
And if you don't keep a lot of people around you, then you're destined to wander this world, no matter what it is you think you're doing, but you'll be alone. And yes, you can literally be in a crowded room and feel the most alone right there in the pocket with people jumping up around you, having fun and laughing and shouting and cheering. You might even chime in, but nobody knows you're right there really knows you're right there nor are they concerned and this again is very unsettling can you recall moments when you felt truly listened to and what made those experiences stand out I would say every once in a while you get into a deep conversation with someone who is actually hanging on your every word and not because there is something that you're supposed to say that's going to fix their life but when they're sitting there listening to you and they feel totally invested in what you're saying and they're trying to understand your standpoint exactly where you're coming from they're investigating and the situations and situations surrounding the situations to understand more of exactly what's happening. And those situations are far and few between, I believe. Because everybody has their own life. Many of us think we're going to live forever. Many of us can't even think of how we could possibly die <laughs> and not be walking around in this earth. It's crazy. Every once in a while, though, the mortality of our own existence hits us. At least I hope it does. It does for me anyway. So I can't really recall any specific moments. Yeah, moments of quiet. Every once in a while you feel it. With someone special, I guess. Okay. How has the loss of loved ones affected your perspective on your own life's trajectory? Well, I've been employed by the same company years beyond 10 years so a, a long time quite a long time and I look at the lives of say my parents who did the same thing year after year they were both very very steady in their jobs one worked at one place Actually, 
since I knew my parents, they both held down one job. <laughs> right to retirement. How about that? My mom worked, as you've probably heard me say before, 37 years in a nursing home. And my dad, who came to Canada, I think in 1965, he finally found a steady job in 1966, and he kept that job all the way to 1988 when he retired. My mother actually worked, I think, six years past her time for retirement. Both of them, after a couple years of retirement, my dad a little less, um, were stricken with a neurological uh, disease, I guess. I don't even know. All I know is my dad passed away from Parkinson's and the complications and all the other stuff that's associated with Parkinson's. And my mother now, at the age of 80, turning 81, is living with aphasia. So in aphasia, you can't get your words out. Nobody's, if you get to the advanced stage where she is, you're not sure if she understands one word that you're saying. Um, my two siblings have passed away. As many of you know, one died of cancer in 07. I mean, sorry, a heart attack in 07, my brother, my old, the oldest sibling. And my sister, who is a couple years older than me, died of cancer last year. And... You know, I was saying to someone, I was saying, when I look at these people's lives, and, and I'll even include my brother, even though he did a lot of um, out-of-way things, upside-down behaviors, um, they were all better people than me. They were all more honest, I believe, than me. They were all more giving, all more kind. Well, maybe not my brother, but <laughs> at least he was honest in most cases. And um, so now when I look at my life, I sit here and I say, well, like, what do you deserve? And it's kind of like I've said to many people before. You think of, OK, some for some reason I was told when I was young, maybe this will kind of uh, straighten it out better. I was told that there was a special mark on my life. And I believed it with all my heart. There was something special. And every once in a while, something would happen in my life and it would knock me out of feeling that way. But it would always come back to me. And this was said to me by my mom. And I always felt there was something special. And sir, I, I just didn't believe that certain things could happen that would be horrible in my life. I just felt like special you know and maybe everybody feels special I really don't know but it wasn't a special and I mean my mom probably birthed it in me but I honestly felt special you know and sometimes I really do feel special but those times are um, far and few between these days but um I don't know just Knowing that the, the disciples in the Bible could mostly die of horrible, horrible deaths after walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus. After Jesus washes your feet, you broke bread with Jesus, you hung out with Jesus. 
He showed you many signs and wonders. And someone might say, well, that, that prepared them to be unwavering in their faith and that they could die the deaths that they could die. I mean, they're not more, they're not greater than their master. They died horrible deaths, most of them. And um, some say, I think it was John, who was stranded on the Isle of Potmos, and I think he were, I think he wrote Revelations. And maybe some would like to say that he lived um, the easiest existence until he died, but we don't know. I mean, loneliness is horrible. Matter of fact, having to write out a whole bunch of revelations that maybe you didn't even fully understood or you understood and they were very scary. And you're just there in exile. Rather than maybe being sawn in half, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Or being hung upside down on the cross. Or, have, or being beheaded, I, I don't know. Or being stoned to death like Stephen. But when I think of the disciples, when I think of those in my family who are either sick or dead, I look to the future and I say, what's next for me? Because, I mean... God is sovereign over all of our lives. He is sovereign over what he wants to do and what he will do. But one thing I have learned, one thing that keeps me straight is who am I to expect more? Who am I to be sad because things aren't going my way? Who am I to complain about bad things that have happened to me through bad things that I've done? Who am I to sit here and things that think that things will get better on this earth? And that individuals who hold captive some of your happiness, I guess, some of your peace, some of your satisfaction, some of your fun. Who am I to think that they will relent and change? Maybe this is it. What can you do or what can I do to make things better on my own? Who says that I should feel that I will succeed at doing so? Who are we to expect? I know that people from the prosperity gospel think we should expect money from the south and the north and the west. I know that they say that we should name it and claim it. But I've seen some of the people who have been steadfast in those beliefs and I've seen death after death after death after death. Worthlessness, whatlessness, <laughs> despair. after despair, after despair. Dire straits. 
after Dire Strait. How do you feel or how do you deal with the dichotomy of wanting to be heard while also navigating a world where everyone is shouting their own truths? Well, yeah, I, I realize that, you know, I could say this and I could say that, but the, the fact is, is that I stay in my corner and I'm not really shouting to anyone. I mean, yeah, I have this podcast and it could be listened to probably years after I'm gone. But I don't know who came up with the saying, it is what it is, but Sometimes, yeah, you just have to honestly let it be. (laughs) Not that I want to agree with the Beatles. Nor some cool guy from the hood. (laughs) But, um... You put in and you do what you can. After that, where you can't... You have to leave it to God whether you want to or not. And even when you think you can, God's still in control. What does a successful life look like to you now in comparison to what you might have imagined in past. I believe a successful life is living a life unto God. And when I say unto God, it means A life where you are very, very conscious of the sinful, wretched person that you are at heart. When you realize that you are blessed to even be able to open your mouth and talk or open your eyes and actually see something or have arms to touch anything or be able to operate for more than 20 minutes without having to go run to the toilet or having legs having a family having kids having a wife breathing air without an air tube eating food without begging or looking into the garbage drinking water that isn't poisoned or dirty filled dirt filled realizing that If it wasn't for the mercy of God, where would I be for real? Looking, being able to look back on life and realize that you should have been dead when you stopped that car and then the the bus struck past by and didn't hit you because something told you to stop or you stopped because the light turned and didn't realize that the person was running the light. Or the times like when I personally over 15 to 20 years ago within two days ran two different red lights for no other reason that I was just having 
a brain fart or I was glitching. I'll never forget it. I was like, what is, I was like, is this going to keep happening to me? It never happened again, or it might've happened once since, but <laughs> when you consider how many mistakes you've made in this life and what they could have meant. So I would say a successful life is you striving till the day you die to do God's will. as much as you can in your life without being a disobedient servant of God. And that's a successful life to me. It's not, I have nine Teslas in my driveway and 20,000 square foot house and everybody else sings my songs or everybody drives the cars that I created, or everybody wears the clothes that I've made, or whatever. It's not those things. It's not how much money I have in my pocket. It's not how much I'm able to leave for my kids. It's how diligent were we at being obedient children of God if you could send a message to the world or even just those around you or maybe even just the ones listening to this podcast about your feelings and your experiences what would it be I would say that your life is only going to last for so long The happy days will only last for so long. And sometimes in the future, if you make it, you look back on those happy days and you realize that you should have been fearing and trembling because of the wickedness in your heart. You should have been realizing that the mercy of God has been in your life all along. And the grace on his li- on your life from him. You did nothing to get it. Every laugh that you were able to laugh, not scornfully, but just out of sheer happiness, is a blessing. Every husband, every wife, every child, no matter how functional or dysfunctional, no matter how selfish or giving, is a blessing. And another thing I would say is try your best. If I was going to give you any advice, try your best not to be overcome by your feelings and do your best not to make your decisions while you're in, as they say, your feelings. And understand that if you are a believer in Christ, that all things work together your good because we are 
lovers of God because we are called according to his purpose. We are in Christ. All right, y'all. That should do it for us today. I hope you liked this uh, lost and found (laughs) in life's labyrinth. This deep dive into how I see things and how I try to navigate the crossroads of life and ambition, reality, dreams. Dreams deferred, dreams turned into nightmares, dreams gone to sleep. And not really a quest for purpose amid life's chaos, but just a reality check. I think is what we all need every once in a while. And that's basically what I have to say about that. Anyhow, till next time, this is MCM signing off and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Remember, I don't profess to be a professor of anything except I profess Christ. I profess that I am a Christian. And you are not who you say you are. You are what you're doing and what you're going to do. So think about that. Take care. Hey, come check out You Probably Write Podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. (laughs) I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh uh-oh. Yep, God. Self-help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not-so-tough questions, and all the while, understand that, listen, sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat. Well, that's how it is here. And because there's no topic, well, very few topics off the table, Trontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there. (laughs) Hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting. And hey, maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere. Hope to see you soon.